Hey, y'all, and welcome to Pain in the Pod. As a reminder, Pain in the Pod is on Patreon. Just go on over to patreon.com slash pain in the pod to sign up. I've got some awesome new content over there, so please check it out. Okay, today I have two very interesting guests. My first guest is Matt Frederick, who has been on my podcast before as the host of Monster, the Zodiac Killer. But today he's here as the executive producer of Insomniac, along with the host of Insomniac, Scott Benjamin. Insomniac is a really interesting podcast because while it takes you through a lot of information about five lesser known serial killers, it also follows Scott's journey of insomnia as his obsession with these serial killers grow. So welcome to the show, Matt and Scott. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you, Mary. Hello. So, okay, first of all, tell my listeners uh, your background. So, Matt, you go first. Uh, just remind us about your background. Sure. I was on here previously. I'm an executive producer at the iHeart Podcast Network, and I make all kinds of different shows with different creators. And one of those is Scott Benjamin, who is also here. I'm Hi. also a, a host on a couple of shows. <laughs> but, uh, Scott, uh, well, Scott, you tell them about what you've been doing here at How Stuff Works all these years. Oh. Gosh, I've been here since about 2008, so I've been doing this for a long, long time now. And uh, I formerly ran a car stuff podcast. Uh, it was all about automotive uh, interests or, you know, whatever, uh, for many, many years, about nine years. And uh, then I, I stopped in order to do some true crime stuff, which I had, you know, wanted to do for a long time. I had I'd pushed to do that for, for many, many years and uh, got the chance finally and did it for about two years. And now I'm kind of back on uh, some automotive podcasts as well. <laughs> the true the true crime podcast puts you right back to cars. I kind of did, yeah. Um, this podcast, uh, as you'll find out, has uh, in a lot of ways kind of chewed me up and, and spit me out. Really, um, it really has. Yeah. And uh, and we can discuss that in, in a bit. But uh, it just hit at the the right or or wrong time, I guess, in my own personal life and uh, some some. Really dramatic things happen to me, and uh, and it comes out in the podcast. I think. All right, so let's get started with. So you, you go from cars to wanting to do a true crime podcast. So why did you decide you're going to start with a, a deep dive into these five lesser known, as we would say, serial killers? Well, it wasn't necessarily started out uh, where I wanted to dive into these five. It's just that I wanted to do a true crime podcast, and I knew it was getting kind of hot at the time. And this is many many years ago. And I, and I just I was pushing for it all the time. I was constantly, you know, trying to promote the idea and get it going. It just never happened here. And I was doing this uh, this car stuff show that was really popular, and it was doing very well. And they decided that you know you're you're better off situated right here. You're better off just staying right here and doing this. And so I did. Uh, but I always had this interest, this uh, this kind of. Um, um, uh, hobby, I guess, of, of reading true crime and just following true crime. And I've been doing it for decades. I mean, like 30, 35 plus years I've been into true crime. And uh, once I started going, I decided that, you know, one thing that I really wanted to, wanted to do was make sure that the people that I talked about on this were not the same, not the usual stories that we hear about all the time, because I think you can go anywhere and hear about, you know, Ted Bundy or, you know, John Wayne Gacy or any of those. Uh, these are the ones that you, you likely have never heard of unless you lived in that area at that time. And, uh, and I find the stories just as fascinating, just as gory, just as awful, just as, you know, interesting, I guess, for true crime addicts as any other story would be. 
Absolutely. And the only one I think that you covered that I had heard of, I think, was the last one, which was um, the Candyman. Mm-hmm. And you hear about some of these serial killers and that they have these like interesting names, right? But then when you really uh, go into it, it's it's so horrifying. Um, like Candyman sounds cute, but not so much. Um, so Matt, when you came on board to help out, how did you decide, you know, once you get going with this, when did it take a turn for you that you're going to include um, Scott's personal journey sort of into the story? How did the two of you decide to sort of make these two stories uh, interwoven? Okay, so Scott had been working on this show for, was it about a year so, around the time we started it thinking about time. it? Yeah, uh, about a year. Because... Okay, so so I make the shows with Tenderfoot, and we have a slate of shows that we want to create with them. So we've got the monster proper, you know, which is stuff like Atlanta Monster, Monster of the Zodiac Killer. Then we've got what we were calling um, spinoffs, essentially. So like kind of taking that monster feel, but then putting it in a different context, a different host, something to that effect. And we were looking at several different shows that might fit that bill, and Scott happened to be portraying the Zodiac on Monster the Zodiac That's right. Killer. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was your voice, right? That, that was my voice, yeah. Okay. Yes. And he, you know, kind of presented us with, here's this other show I've been working on. Would it, would it make sense? And we all listened to it, and we thought it was fantastic. And then eventually, Scott, you may have to speak to this, but it was brought to our attention – uh, that you were going through what you were going through. Sure, personally. yeah. Some of these during um, some of these meetings, I started to mention, you know, as we're, we're we're kind of developing the Insomniac thing, but we didn't call it Insomniac yet. It was still just a true crime podcast. We didn't know what it was going to be, and uh, we're trying to find kind of like a unique angle to the whole thing and everything. And we started just kind of like talking at the end of meetings, just just you know, casually. And I mentioned that I'm having these dreams and I'm having these ultra-realistic dreams and these, like, just awful, awful things that are happening and my guilt and my paranoia and fear and pain and all this and, like, you know, what's going on in my personal life. And uh, somebody in the meeting said, you know what, that, that is interesting to me. Can we talk more about that? And I, I really had to think about it for a long time because I've never, ever been someone to bring my personal life into my, my public life, my public persona, I guess, you know, with, uh, with the podcast. Um, I've always just kept it separate, completely separate. And um, I, I agreed in this case because I didn't even know any other way to get through it. It was almost like therapy, really, uh, a way to talk through it and a way to get it kind of out of my head because um, it really has been, it's been miserable. And it was miserable for many years. And, uh, and this, again, it just kind of hit at the wrong time with a lot of uh, personal things going on, family deaths. There were, you know, my, my pets had died, like my family pets had died. Um, just a lot of a lot of trauma, I guess, in my own personal life that, that kind of matched this. And it gave me a lot of empathy for whatever. I had never had this before, but it gave me just an, an intense sensation of empathy for the victims of these crimes and the families of the victims of these crimes and what they had gone through. And... Uh, and I think it just it really hit me harder than it ever has before in my whole life, uh, you know, over the past several decades. And, um, again, the timing was just either right or wrong to make this all work. And, and I, I think that uh, that comes through in the podcast. 
And Mary Payne, just really fast. Uh, another thing that really resonated here with me in particular as an executive producer thinking about this show is that making Atlanta Monster and making the Zodiac Killer show have also affected me personally a lot. And it made me wonder how many creators, people who immerse themselves in true crime the way that Scott was and the way that, that I was, how what kind of effect that has on the creator, right? Matt and I have talked about this many times, of course, not even uh, not in, on air, uh, you know, in front of a microphone, but just talked about it together um, and, and what it does to you. It, uh, I mean, I, I don't think that we've gone through exactly like, you know, what, what maybe the investigators have gone through because they've seen the actual, the actual thing and met the people. But we're dealing with a lot of, um, a lot of heavy, heavy things. And, uh, like, much heavier than what you would get on a normal, like, a casual read-through or, you know, like a true crime book or something like that. We're going way, way deeper into this stuff. And, uh, and we're getting much more information, much more um, of a sensation of what, you know, the, the, uh, the families have gone through, the, the victims have gone through. And, and Matt and I, I think both of us, it's hit us both really, really hard. I know Matt has had a lot of sleep issues as well. And, uh, and I think, you know, just taking an informal sur- survey around our office has provided me with the, uh, the, the information that most people here are having some hard time sleeping because of some of these stories that we're learning about. Wow. I mean, that's really intense. And I can imagine, and it's, it's interesting when you talk about these things, because a lot of people will say, oh, if I need to take a nap, you know, I put on uh, my favorite murder. That person is me. Yeah. I do that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you do wonder if you are just listening to it as a as a listener and you get a little 30 minute tidbit versus if it's you know 24/7 your job then really you're thinking of nothing else right because your 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 job is thinking about it and then you're being at home probably is still thinking about yeah, it yeah mary Payne, i'll tell you that like the the thing is that I told you I've done this for probably three and a half decades. I mean, 35 years of, of reading and, and absorbing all this. And it really hasn't bothered me that much. And it just seemed to be that, like, once it coincided with certain aspects of my personal life, like certain things that happened, it just triggered something inside me. And it, it's different. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of like, the I guess, the, I hate to use this term, the perfect storm, you know, of, of, of problems, I guess, that came about all at once. And, and caused me to have this issue. And I think Matt's got a similar thing going on as well. And I think other people here have, you know, similar things as well. But, but yeah, I agree. I, like, I've used, I've used true crime as a leisure activity for decades. I've, I've, I've read it on, on planes, on vacations. It's kind of like a way to relax and, and wind down, which sounds really weird, but it is. It's, it's, it's my form of relaxation is to read true crime. And I've always loved it. And I think I always will. It's just I have to get past this point in my life where it's more deeply affecting me somehow. Right. Wow. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, we're still talking with Matt and Scott of Insomniac. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Scott's uh, personal journey while researching the podcast. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash instantinkspotify. 
Okay, we're back with Scott and Matt of Insomniac. And I really want to talk to you both about this, uh, what you were just exactly saying, the whole idea of getting so consumed in the story of a serial killer or just true crime in general. So I don't know if you guys recently saw there was an article in the Washington Post. It was in the Washington Post magazine, actually, about a guy who attended CrimeCon. He was trying to drum up some interest in his sister's cold case. And the article really talked a lot about people's interest in true crime and true crime as like entertainment. And uh, in the case of the guy in the article, he understood that it could be entertainment to some people, but he really didn't care because he was hoping that the crossover of people trying to help and draw attention to unsolved crime Times, uh, would help his case get attention. So I would like to really kind of delve into this whole idea as uh, true crime, as entertainment, because like I just said, you know, for me, this is my favorite genre of podcast, but for me, it's because it's a story and a lot of time there's a, a, a good ending, you know, the bad guy gets caught. But, yeah. you know, in your case, Scott, your study into true crime really like uh, took over your life. So I would like to hear both of your opinion on this of, of true crime as entertainment, and I do air quotes, entertainment. I'll start here, sure. Scott, if that's cool. Um, if you just look at the numbers, at what people are consuming and interested in, it's a no-brainer that as a content you know, creation team, as a company that makes shows, you kind of have to get into true crime, at least in some way right now, because again, it's resonating with audiences. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Mary Payne, when you're talking about a really good story. That's what the best true crime podcasts have a, a great story arc that um, you know has a beginning, has some troubles, has a resolution, right? right? Um, with with certain shows they don't they don't quite play out that way with certain stories um but at the same time i think our search for those stories is going to be never ending uh that's why we consume so much uh television and movies all dealing with some kind of crime even if it's fiction you know and it's not true crime crime is one of the biggest um issues that we can deal with where there's someone doing something wrong and there needs to be a resolution. Um, it's just kind of, it's been around our culture for God, hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> um, I don't know when you, when you're thinking about either making a true crime show or another kind of show, it really has to do with what people are enjoying and liking to listen to. But there's something you spoke on there too. Um, the possibility that making a true crime show can somehow help solve a cold case or uh, bring some kind of closure for victims and vi the victims' families or other people involved. And that's really the, the aim, the goal, I think, or should be the goal when you're making a true crime show. Uh, in the case of Atlanta Monster, we were doing our best to, you know, we had that hotline open. We were trying to have people call in and we did. We got new information from that hotline. People, you know, who 40, 50 years later wanted to talk. Uh, the same thing with Zodiac. We had a hotline open. We're going to be creating a bonus episode with people who've called in and talked to us uh, and shared some, you know, their personal information with us about what they think happened or someone they know. Uh, and in this case with Insomniac, we're making a show really that became a show for Scott. I, I, and Scott, I know that sounds weird, but we were making it for you to try and work through a lot of these things personally. And we were hoping that it would resonate with other people who were dealing with sleep issues or, uh, you know, being a little fearful when you lock your door at night and you know you're going to go lay down. Um, because I, I have that 
now. Uh, still, I, I didn't prior to Atlanta Monster, uh, but I have that feeling now when I close my door and I lock it at night. I, I have this uneasy feeling. And I don't know how to shake it. Um, uh, you know, when we finish the podcast, Scott, you'll have to speak to this, but I don't know if you've been able to fully shake it. Um, but it's a, it's something that I think more people than would admit it are dealing yeah, with. Not, uh, not entirely. I'm still, I'm still working through some sleep issues. Uh, it's getting a lot better. Uh, however, uh, I still do have a lot of um, a lot of problems at night, and uh, the nightmares. Thankfully, I mean, I'm so thankful for this. The nightmares have gone away. The um, these ultra realistic nightmares where I feel the uh, the guilt and the, the you know the 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 pain, the association with an actual crime that never really happened. Uh, that's that was a huge problem for me, um, and. Uh, it's just a, the guilt that that is associated with that is just, it's unreal. It's it's hard to deal with because it, it affects your, your you know your home life, your work life. It affects every moment of your life, really. I mean, it it's it's a um, a thing that you deal with when you when you try to sleep, when you're awake. Um, it's really really tough, and uh, it has helped me quite a bit to talk through all of this. Uh, but it has not entirely stopped. Um, you know, all sleep issues. And I'm, I'm still kind of working through those. I'm still talking to uh, some professionals about this and, uh, and trying to get past, you know, some of that, uh, some of those, those problems. Um, but again, it, it just happened to hit at the, the wrong time. You know, like all this reading about some of the, the worst of the worst uh, came about at the, the exact right or wrong time. I don't know how to, you know, put that. Is it right or is it wrong? I don't know. Um, but yeah, like certain characters that we talked about in particular really, really bothered me and certain aspects of those crimes that I had not, you know, ever known before. Uh, and that is just a, that's something that just kind of ate away at me and, and bothered me to the point where I couldn't, I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't let it go. Well, that was my question was, it it seems like, like you said, you had death in your family, you had a, a death of a beloved pet, and you yeah. had all this like personal trauma all at once. So when you were writing and talking about car things, you know, you weren't going home and, and, and awake all night. You, you could let that go. Well, I, I could. I mean, it was start. It was kind of beginning at that time. It was starting at that time. I had I had four deaths in the family that were people that were very, very close to me, including my mother. Um, and then I had two pets that I lost along the way, and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but no, that's a that's a big issue as well because they're they're with you for you know fifteen sixteen years at a time. Yeah. Uh, it's very very hard, and uh, and all that was kind of going on while I was wrapping up my car stuff podcast, and then once I got to this uh, this true crime stuff, it, it just really it just really hit home with me like the 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 grief that those families must be feeling and the grief that uh, you know they must be going through losing a loved one like that. I mean, someone who's close. And not being able to say goodbye, not being able to, um, you know, hold under their hand and, and, you know, talk with them about, you know, the important things in life. You know, like what, what uh, you know, I guess thinking about the last things that you want to say to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really, really hard to, to imagine or to comprehend that kind of thing happening, that someone goes out for an evening and they never come home. 
Right. But, you know, you did go through um, 10 episodes, um, two per serial killer, and you yeah. did and you did discuss all these things and then sprinkled in, you know, we were learning about your personal journey as well, which is such an interesting way to do a podcast. Very, very different. And so during this time where you you were working on the podcast and then were you also like seeing a doctor like I can't sleep and I need to take Ambien or something, which, of course, yeah. you hear the worst things about that. Yeah. Um, I, and you're still I, working and still, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like you can't get away from it because you're still working on the podcast. I have some I have some bad stories about, uh, you know, Ambien and, and trying to mix, you know, driving to work and, uh, you know, some, some bad, bad things happened there uh, between over-the-counter drugs, prescription drugs that were given to me by a psychiatrist. I went to a psychologist. I went to, uh, I did a home sleep study. I did all kinds of things. I did a lot of different things to try to, to remedy this. And, uh, and I found out I have sleep apnea along the way. I mean, all that, like kind of, I, that just adds into this. It snowballs the whole thing. And uh, um, it's been a really difficult couple of years, few years. And I'm, I'm just trying to get to the other side of this whole thing. And hopefully get some rest. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully get some uh, some much needed rest so that I can I can kind of put all this behind me, and uh, and still I still want to keep true crime as part of my life. Oddly enough, I mean I love it so much that even like even this morning I was looking at some stuff, you know, that I, I probably shouldn't have been looking at, <laughs> you know, just as far as like you know uh, police records and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm just digging a little deeper than I probably should have, and uh, and I know it's it's something that that bothers me, but I still do it because it's just kind of part of me. It's it's ingrained in me right now, and I still want to do that. I want that to be part of my life going forward, but um, I don't want it to be all consuming. I don't want it to be every single part of my life like it was, and uh, and I think I'm getting I'm getting to that point. Well, at the end of the podcast, your mood seems to have lightened. And you seem to have gotten yeah. some sleep. And do you yeah. feel that it was sort of a culmination of uh, you're wrapping up production on the podcast, and it, and then now it's another perfect storm of perhaps you got uh, some melatonin, or you know what I mean? You got something <laughs> right in you, some yeah. brain chemistry correct, so that you could sleep. But it was it was so interesting that last episode when it was like a entirely different person talking. Yeah, you know? yeah, I definitely. I felt a lot uh, much more relaxed, I guess, and uh, that's just because you know. Uh, you don't know it, but over the you know the course of the podcast, that, that's two years. I mean, that's oh, a wow. long, it's a long, long time, and uh, it takes a long time to get there. And uh, there were many more recordings that were probably unsuitable for air that uh, that we didn't include. <laughs> you know, that I made on my own. You know, just uh, you know, sleepless nights and you know, trying to drive into work, trying to you know get through a work day. You know, whatever it was. Um, there were many, many hard times that were not included in the podcast that uh, I, I don't. They're so personal that I don't know if I wanted them included in the podcast. Really, I mean, it's it's that it's that intensely personal, and, and we already include some personal stuff. So you can imagine what that is. Yeah. Um, but I'll just jump in here really sure. quickly, Scott. So Scott would have a, a recorder with him by his bed, yeah. I think, right? Or, well, or at least on my near phone, you. So with me all the time. Okay, so yeah, he would. He would wake up from a terrible nightmare or uh, then he would go and record and just describe what had happened. He, we heard a little bit of that yeah. in the show where he's describing a nightmare where he's being chased and he fights back uh, against this attacker. And then it leads down the pathway of feeling like he had done something terrible. Um, and again, it's that, that veil between waking and sleeping that uh, some people deal with, that Scott was dealing with, where – 
after waking, it's difficult to tell how much of what just happened is a memory or, or, you know, how much of that is your mind playing tricks on you or all the things you've been consuming. Um, but there are a ton of recordings like that that we did not include. And there's also your sleep doctor. You recorded an interview with your sleep doctor that I think we're going to release as a bonus episode. Ah. Um, because it is the conversation that's had there, it, again, I think is going to resonate with people. It certainly resonated with me when I was listening to it, uh, just about analyzing what we're thinking about and how it's being manifested in our dreams and, you know, strategies to try and work through yeah. some of that. Like, do I need to feel guilt about this? I mean, is it something that I really need to feel like I, I'm responsible for this thought? You know, that kind of thing. Um, it, or is it just something that just subconsciously pops into your head and, and there's nothing you can do about it and, and that's just the way it is? You know, like, why, why, do, uh, why do friends from fifth grade appear in your dreams? Why do, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, yeah. you know, it, odd, oddly, you know, odd things like that. Like, what does all this mean, really? And, and it's not so much like dream analysis like you might read online, you know, like where if you dream about stairs, it means this. Or, you know, black crow, it means this. It's not like that at all. It's, it's a lot different than what you might think. I, that Yeah, I would be very interested to hear that because, you know, nothing worse than like going in to see a therapist and be like, I had this dream last night and you can see they're just like glossed over like, I don't care. It means nothing. Yeah. Everybody has the dream <laughs> when you go to class and you didn't ever take, you never went to class the whole semester and now you have to take the test. I'm yeah. like, I have that dream at least twice a week. I'm like, I know it means something. Yeah. I'm unprepared in life. I don't know. Yeah, it's frustrating, <laughs> isn't it? You get that, that, same, that same standard response. They're like, well, it just means you're feeling unprepared about something. Like, yeah, yeah I, I got that. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about serial killers and true crime as hobby and podcast in general. So we'll be right back with Scott and Matt of Insomniac. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with um, Scott and Matt of Insomniac. And so, Scott, you say you're at the end of the podcast, you say you're done for now, now with true crime, but now you just told me that you're not. So, <laughs> are you still working on podcasts about true crime or you're no, just still I'm, doing it as I, like I a hobby? guess I meant I'm, I'm done with it professionally, I think, at, the, at this point, at least for now. Okay. Um, you know, uh, as far as a hobby goes, um, I, I just can't let it go. I don't know what the deal is with it, but I, I just can't seem to stop my my search for this type of thing and my interest in this type of thing. So I keep buying the books. I keep I keep reading the uh, the web pages. I keep you know looking for the um, uh, the crime reports. I keep looking for you know the police reports and everything. 
Um, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it just has me hooked. And, uh, and I, don't want it to, I don't want it to be all of my professional life. I don't want it to be all of my personal life. But I do find it interesting as a hobby. And, and I would like to keep it as that, but I want to keep it separate. I want to keep it something that is, you know, something I can, I can compartmentalize and leave it alone right there. Just as an observer to, to Scott's process and to the process of making the show and editing it down, um, it seems like the pressure that's added when studying these killers and really analyzing them professionally as your job, knowing that there's a monetary value for you personally and for your family attached to the amount of work you're going to do, the amount of research, the amount of knowledge that you're going to have of these you know, some of the worst human beings that have ever walked the planet. Um, there's something about that pressure as it's coming in uh, that really affects some people, uh, like like probably Scott, and uh, to to an extent myself. Um, and hopefully, as a, you know, having it as a hobby, Mary Payne, kind of how you use it, just uh, as a either a going to sleep thing or a here's an interest, a human interest story, or here's something that I can use to even have an uplifting moment where this person was put away for life or, you know, uh, was brought to justice that still exists, I think for both of us and especially for Scott. I, I love the stories where they get the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, the ones that they don't get the bad guy. Uh, those are the worst. I mean, like the Zodiac was really hard to deal with. And I, I knew the Zodiac, the Zodiac story, but when you dig into it and you, you have a, it was a 15 or 16 episodes at the end, I think, um, once you get to the end of that and you realize there's no real resolution for those families, for those, those victims, really, uh, that is extremely difficult to deal with. And, and to know that, you know, all, I guess all the unknowns that are out there, really, uh, that's, the, that's the hard part about this whole thing. You know, it's interesting because um, there's a podcast out called uh, 13 Alibis with Dan Slepian of a Dateline. And at the end of it, and I was just hearing an update where Josh Mankiewicz talks to him because at the end of it, the guy does end up getting off. He was in prison for, you know, 15, 20 years for something he completely didn't commit. And he had 13 alibis and it was never taken into consideration. So, you know, you hear stories like that and then you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, now that's something amazing, and, and it's a, and it, there's a great happy ending. Whereas something like the Zodiac or some of these smaller serial killers you covered on Insomniac, there's no happy ending. Like you're still waiting for it, right? Hmm. Well, even yeah. something like Atlanta Monster, you know, if if you watch this season of Mindhunter that just came out, uh, you know they they show quite a bit of it that we covered in the podcast. But there's this knowledge after we. We spoke with John Douglas, who is the guy that the main character Holden for Mindhunter is based on, yeah. the mm-hmm. actual behavioral science uh, FBI investigator. He he talks about how Wayne Williams probably only killed 10 to 12 of those children. And then you've still got a list of almost 20 kids that uh, probably were not killed by Wayne. It's it's all very unsatisfying, Horrible. isn't it? So yes. – I mean, why – you just want to put a uh, a nice neat bow on it and be done with it and say this is what happened and you can't do that and that's the hard part is that you can't say you know for sure what happened or who is responsible and the person responsible is where they should be and paying for that crime uh that that's the really difficult part is that you know you know somebody's getting away with something and uh, just another really quick interesting thing there with mine hunter 
Uh, you were mentioning Dean Coral. You knew about Dean Coral, right? Uh, Mary Payne, ooh, ooh, yes. the Candyman. So yeah. in towards the end of season two of Mindhunter, they interview Henley, who uh, forgive me, I don't remember his full name, Scott, but El- Elmer Wayne Henley Jr. So he was one of the kids, young teenagers, that was being used by Dean Coral to recruit kids. Little oh, boys right. to come back to his house. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and on Mindhunter, they go and interview Henley. And uh, it was really fascinating to see a little window into that, but then to go and listen to the episodes of Insomniac that really go over the Dean Coral story in full detail. It's, um, it's really disturbing. I have not caught up on Mindhunter season two yet. It's on my, it's on my list. And then, you know, it's like on the weekend, I'm like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I uh, watched something this weekend. It was, um, oh, I Love You Now Die. It was the, um, the documentary about the girl that persuaded the boy to kill himself. And after that, I was about to watch Mindhunter. And my husband came in the room, and I was, te- I was so upset by the I Love You Now Die. I have teenagers, and I was very upset, and I was telling him about it. And he said, you know, why don't you take a break? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. you know what? That's a great idea. And I ended up watching something sort of mindless because you do sort of need like a, a palate cleanser for your brain. Um, Did you watch the British baking show? No. <laughs> That's a really um, good palate cleanser. I think I watched something like 90 Day Fiance, just something like totally like zone out. Um, but so that sort of leads me into my next question is, you know, when we talk about podcast uh I listen to so much uh, true crime and then I listen to stuff and I have a podcast about 90 day fiance as well. So it's sort of a, it's a good balance, you know, to be like silly and also serious. So I'm hoping when the two of you listen to podcasts, it's only podcast about like puppies and unicorns. (laughs) So tell me, tell me if you're listening to podcasts and if you have some true crime ones, it's fine too. But you know, I'm hoping it's all about, you know, everything light and airy. Yeah, Scott, you want to get started? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I do listen to – I will go and find certain episodes of podcasts that, I, that I'm that i searching for, but I won't routinely listen to podcasts. And I don't know why that is. I just never have. Not even my own. Um, it's an odd thing for a podcaster to say. I get it. But uh, but I the ones that I do listen to, um, I listen to, of course, um, um, the last podcast on the left – uh, I think that's a fascinating one. I, I've, I've searched many, many specific episodes of that one. Uh, of course, true crime. Um, I listen to, uh, you know, of course, a lot of automotive podcasts as well, which is nice because it's that's my palate cleanser, I guess. You know, the, the right. Top Gear podcast and things like that. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm someone who um, I don't listen to a lot of them. I try to just clear my mind after I'm done with what I do, and 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 just kind of get out of that whole world. I, I don't, I don't, because uh, I, I know that I think what I would search would be true crime and it would probably just cloud my head even more, really. Well, uh, what's your new show, Scott? Oh, oh my yeah. new show? Oh, I've got The Fast Track. Uh, okay. That's a brand new one. And then I've got um, uh, Car Stuff, of course, which is um, some one that's coming back. It'll be back probably in the next month or so, uh, which is kind of exciting. I, I think, I mean, it's, it's coming back after about a two year break. That's the one I, I gave up in order to, um, create this one, this, this insomniac and to work on the Zodiac. But, uh, the fast track is all about, um, just racing and going fast and people that go fast and, you know, history and individuals that, you know, have, have kind of led the way in speed and, uh, anything, anything quick, like just everything about racing because that was a huge popular topic in car stuff and I think that you know on its own 
just everything about racing is fascinating, and I think people will really uh, kind of gravitate toward that. Do you do racing? Car do I personally? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, t- I try to do what I can. Like get on a track if I can, you know, like, uh, you know, it, the experiences and things like that. But I'm not I'm not a, a racer. No, I don't I don't have my own race car or anything like that. It scares, scares me to death. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. But um, we saw this weekend there were two very high profile deaths oh. uh, in racing and uh, speed related. Which is kind of unusual, but uh, they both happened this weekend. One was a land speed record attempt. Uh, young young woman, um, is it Jesse Combs? Is that her name? I think she used to be a MythBusters. Yeah, yeah, co-host. exactly. And then um, another a Formula Two driver also died in a crash this weekend in Belgium. And uh, kind of rare when that happens, but um, it, it just shows you just how dangerous it can all be. Very. And then yeah. tell me what. Just give me a brief. What's car stuff about? Because normally this car stuff would not be something I would. I would listen to, so you tell me what it's about. Well, I'll tell you, Car Stuff is probably the best car-related or automotive-related podcast for anybody who's not really, like, a car person or into cars or anything like that because we talk about everything. I mean, we talk about circus trains, about airplanes. Uh, we talk about everything, just anything that, that moves, really, anything that, that you know— Drives, flies, floats, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we, we really do talk about just about everything. And if you go back into our archive, we have about 900 episodes. Wow. If you go to carstuffshow.com and check it out, you can search almost anything. And I promise you, you'll find something that you like. I mean, it, and really, our conversations went so you know, so off the, off the track that, uh, you know, some of them were, were talking about um, – you know, maybe we're talking about uh, land speed racers, and we end up talking uh, about our own um, our own weekend. You know, whatever we did over the weekend. You know, maybe going out boating or something, or you know, whatever. It was just um, it was such a diverse show, and it had so many um, so many interesting aspects to it. I guess I don't I don't know what be- better way to say that than we we took it so many different directions that I think everybody could enjoy it. Okay, car stuff. Now, I've heard of car yeah. stuff, obviously, but yeah. I just wanted to, like, know. It, it, like, if I type in my type of car, this, you know, I'm thinking it's, like, consumer reports. Like, I just type in my type of car, and oh, you'll give sure. me all sorts of information about my car. But no, oh, that's no, not it's that. not It's not like that. It's not, it's not your typical car podcast. It's not like, you know, two guys yelling at each other in a room about, you know, what the, what's the better car or the faster car or whatever. It's, it's we're, having a converse, we're having a conversation, and it gets... It's more like what you would talk about on a road trip, I guess, with right. somebody in the passenger seat, really. Or somebody at a bar, you know, if you mentioned something that was automotive-related, and then that conversation kind of takes a left turn, and then eventually you kind of get back to the main topic, and then, you know, then maybe take another left turn. And, you know, it's just, it's it's all over the place, and it's fun, and it really is, like, it, it's probably one of the best automotive-related podcasts for anybody who's not a car person. Okay, I think that's that's a that's a good um, what's the word I'm looking for recommendation. <laughs> and if you love cars, you're in the right place too because we do cover a lot of like interesting things, and, and I think we just do it in a fun way that you'll really enjoy. I'm in the I'm in the market for a new car, so I'll check it out. Oh, you should. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. And what about you, Matt? Uh, well, if you're looking for a little bit of historical mystery in your life. You've got a brand new – well, it's not a brand new. It's the second season of a project with Aaron Mankey called Unobscured. The first season was about the Salem Witch Trials and it's just a deep dive, 12-episode 
uh, trek through that part of history with all the details included. And this season, we're looking at something else that I'm not going to spoil yet because it comes out in October. Uh, but it's really good. It's a it's another part of American history that is worth looking into. Um, that's all you're giving us. That's just uh, like I mean, there's like <laughs> that's pretty broad. Let's say let's yeah. just say seances seances are involved. Seances. All right, mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. All right. And then uh, the other thing is Monster season three is coming out in January. Oh, you're gonna oh. like this one. A uh, whole new case. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not gonna spoil it, uh, but it's a really big one. We've been working on it since yeah. the day we wrapped Zodiac. So it's a good one. Give me a hint. Just a little um, bit. Long distance terror. Hmm. <laughs> Cryptic. Long distance oh, terror. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> like, is that over the phone? Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, know. Mm. I think it is going to be the Unabomber. Oh, that's interesting. That's a good That's, that's a my. That's good my one. guess. Just solid mm-hmm. guess. That's my guess. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so excited if I'm right. Um, are you? Do you have any other uh, podcast you want to plug? Either one of you. Do you remember last time I was on? I talked about a, another Aaron Mankey history podcast that was coming out about royals and everything. Yes, yes. It's called Noble Blood. Yes, and uh, it is actually it's performing really well, and the episodes are so strong. Uh, it's it's really great with Dana Schwartz and Aaron Mankey together. Noble Blood. Check it out for sure. Yeah, I told uh, my good friend who's very into any kind of royal stuff, and uh, I told her about that. And she's not a huge podcast listener, but she did promise me she would uh, check it out and give me a uh, a review as somebody who doesn't listen to podcasts much. I was like, I want you to listen to it. I want you to tell me what you think because she's very into royalty and uh, somewhat into true crime, not as mm-hmm. much as me, of course. Yeah. All right. Well, tell my listeners where they can find out more about you two. I think, um, Matt, you're secretive on social media. I don't exist. <laughs> you don't exist. <laughs> well, tell, tell me otherwise where I can find out more about you guys. Uh, I'll just go really fast. For me, if you want to learn more about my personal show that I host, you can look up conspiracy stuff or stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, you can find some interesting things there. Okay. Scott, Matt, what are we on? Are we on Insomniac Podcast? Or that's we, correct, uh, Insomniac okay. Pod. Yeah, okay, so we're on, we're InsomniacPod.com. Oh no, no, uh, Insomniac Pod oh. for social, and then InsomniacPodcast.com. I am so sorry, I don't have it in front of me right here. For, but, is uh, Insomniac Podcast is the website, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. It is. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Now I'm looking at it here. Okay, we got it. If you want, you can find us at insomniacpodcast.com. Of course, there's Apple Podcasts. There's the iHeartRadio app. Anywhere you find podcasts, you can find uh, the Insomniac Podcast. That's probably the best place to find us. The official name uh, is Monster Presents Insomniac. Monster Presents Insomniac. That's right. And oh uh, if you if you want to uh, if you want to also check out the the Fast Track, you can do that at thefasttrackpodcast.com. And then we've got car stuff coming back. Car stuff is coming back, yeah, and uh, not exactly sure about all the social on that one just yet. Uh, we're still talking about that, I think, but um, we are we're going to have that very soon. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys. And I would definitely recommend checking out Insomniac because it is super different in that you, you do get your descriptions of these sort of lesser known, you know, for a better term, serial killers. But then also it's um, Scott's personal journey is woven into the story. It's really it's very different. And I, I really liked it. Um and everybody can find me, as always, on Pain in the Pod on social media. And please let me know what you're listening to and give me some recommendations. And thanks, and I'll talk to you next week.